we'll get going here. Uh, Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for <clears throat> just loving us, Lord, for uh, calling us out, uh, for allowing us to be a part of what you're doing, uh, not just uh, here in Harrisonville, but even around the world. We think of uh, just uh, Mitch and <clears throat> Mickey and uh, the, the the others that are on the trip, uh, the Joneses, Lord. But Mitch and Mickey, as they're out of the Pass Point class, and uh, even just this morning, they're uh, just on the ground doing your work and uh, just being the hands and feet of what you've called us to do. And oh, we think of Jody and the boys uh, staying back with the stuff and uh, just all the things that are going on. And uh, it's I'd, I'd be amiss to press forward today without just specifically praying for them. And uh, Lord, we know it's going to be hot and there's going to be a lot of physical activity, a lot of things going on. I pray you just give them the endurance to... Um, uh, just uh, press through and uh, uh, get the the things done. We pray for Joe and Amy Hendricksman as uh, they just have clear direction on what they're going to do there, and that you would just uh, use the team. Uh, that it wouldn't just be a vacation. Uh, as much as a lot of us would like to go on vacation to Mexico, that this is not a vacation. This is something that uh, you've specifically called them out and sent them. And so we do pray that you would just use them, and that we as a class uh, would specifically just hold their hands up, uh, as we see in the Bible, just to to, to get the work done. Uh, even when they're exhausted. And so we do just pray for them this morning. We pray for all the things that are going on. Uh, we've kind of stepped into the Christmas season, Lord, and uh, I do pray that uh, we would just be focused on you because without you, there would be no reason for Christmas. And so, Lord, I do pray that we would use uh, our um, just uh, ability uh, that you've given us uh, to speak and to act in a way that you've called us to do, that we would point people towards you uh, in a season as the, of this and that you know people are open to it. And uh, Lord, we do just pray for all the things that are going on this morning, <clears throat> all the classes that are already going. I pray that uh, you would just be uh, Lord over it all, uh, that we would give you the honor and the glory. Pray for all the things that are going on in different ministries and uh, different uh, things. Friction brings traction, Lord. And so we just pray that you would uh, continue to use us uh, to uh, get your word where it needs to go on time. Uh, in spite of ourselves at times. And so I pray that you would just speak to us today as we get back into uh, the family life study, that you would just really uh, prick our hearts uh, to be more like you in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so um, if you've got your Bibles, um, I don't know exactly where to tell you to turn because I'm getting there. And we're bouncing around a lot. So <clears throat> let me get my stuff here and we'll get going. So we're doing this, <clears throat> excuse me, this family life study, and we're going to jump right back into it because I want to I want to finish up this section on uh, being a spouse today. And uh, so this family life study is just kind of helping us make sure that we understand what it is that God has called us to do. Now, when I say us, I really don't want you to take it like that. I want you to to ask yourself specifically, what is it that God has called me to do? Um, God's really been. Uh, this is how my mind works. Things just kind of roll around for a while. They kind of have to tumble around. And uh, I'm starting to kind of get some vision for next year and kind of where I feel like God is leading not only in myself and my family, but the Passpoint class and what that might look like moving forward. And so a lot of this is hinging on the fact that we understand what it is that God has called you specifically to do. Because if you can't understand and grab a hold uh, and hold on to that, you're going to have a really hard time uh, keeping up because I feel like God is really gaining some traction at HBF. Uh, if you just look around, you can see there's new faces everywhere. Uh, there's people showing up to these next steps meetings that we're talking about. There are, there's a lot happening. There's people that, uh, we've been praying for for years getting saved. Uh, God is doing something. And so, uh, it is my job, uh, as, uh, a shepherd 
And it's your job uh, as, as class members to, to see that and to be ready for what comes next. Because if we just think, oh, look at this, people are coming, then all of a sudden there's so many people you don't know what to do with. And then people are walking out the door as fast as they walked in because they're not getting a minister to, they're not getting fed. And so uh, it's my job to make sure that I'm ready for that and that we're ready for that. And so I feel like God is leading us uh, towards something big, uh, not just in Fastpoint class, but at HBF as a whole, uh, that... It's, I've seen this happen before, uh, several years ago, uh, right before it just like exploded and things went all at once. And so we have to be ready. And so we as a class need to make sure we understand what it is that God has called us to do individually because you're never going to get anything done corporately if you're not doing it individually, right? Just make sure you understand that. So we're going through this family life study. We looked at uh, what it takes to uh, basically just really be a follower of God, following God, and go back and listen to that if you need to. And last week, we started this section on uh, being a spouse. And so we're doing these things kind of in progression uh, of what God has called us to uh, in order of importance. Not that it's not important to be, uh, you know, a good employee, not, not, not important to uh, raise godly children, all those things. But if you're not doing the main things, you're going to have a hard time doing the things that fall later on in the list. And so if you're not following God... First and foremost, you're going to have a hard time being a spouse. And if you're not following God and uh, taking care of your number one responsibility, if you're married and being a spouse, then you're going to have a hard time moving on to the next one, which is, you know, raising children. We'll start to look at that here in a few weeks. And so, uh, but I want to finish up this section on being a spouse. And uh, again, I'm not going through this in such a way that like, this is what you need to do every day. You need to pray for this many minutes. You need to read this many pages. You need to uh, talk to your wife for this many minutes. You need to, uh, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not giving you the specifics. That's up to you and God uh, to decide where it is that you're at in your life and your walk to do these things. I'm giving you the overarching themes uh, in these things. And really, it's up to you to dive in and say, okay, God, what does that mean in my life? Um, it's easy for me to say, husbands, love your wives. Okay, check mark. Uh, but what does that mean in particularly, individually? What does it mean when I say, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands? And I'm just telling you the things that the Bible says. Uh, it, what does that mean in your life? And so uh, we had uh, started last week, we were going to look at, uh, nope, that's the wrong one. Okay, here we go. Uh, seven points to bring clarity to one of the world's most confusing topics, which is being a spouse. Seven points to bring clarity to one of the world's most confusing topics, which is being a spouse. And we got through the first three of them last week, and I'm going to finish up today. Um, and I, the last one's super short because I already know you're thinking, there's no way you're going to get through four points. I am. Uh, so it's all good. So last week we looked at husbands, love your wives. Um, go back and listen to it if you want to. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. And singles, uh, because there's a lot of single people uh, that listen to uh, the Passpoint class or in the Passpoint class, uh, you're not uh, second tier. Uh, you're actually as important, more important uh, in a lot of ways because you're uh, more malleable and more usable uh, in the kingdom of God. And we'll look at some of that today. But singles, we looked at last week, be ye not un- unequally yoked. That's the first thing that the Bible specifically says to you. So those three things we looked at last week, go back and listen to the, uh, the podcast or online or however you want to do it. And I will also say before we get, uh, jump in, in deep in this. I'm hitting like, I'm skipping over the mountaintops as far as the, the most important points uh, as far as what being a spouse looks like. If you want to dive in, if you're at a place where it's like, I really need some teaching on that, uh, I directed you last week, but I'll direct you again. Go catch the recordings uh, from the Redefining Expectations marriage class that we did a year ago. Uh, it's, I think, eight weeks. Uh, it's online. If you need to find it, get with me and I can send you the link. But if you want an in-depth marriage study, that's what you need to get to. But anyway, we're skipping over the the points today. Okay, so the next one. So seven points to bring clarity in one of the world's uh, 
most confusing topics, which is marriage. So we looked at husbands, love your wives, wives, submit yourselves, you know, husbands, singles, be not unequally yoked. Okay, let's get back to the husbands for a minute. Husbands, this is actually my favorite verse when it comes to uh, marriage uh, for uh, a husband. And so a lot of people are like, no, I need to stick to Ephesians 5, and you should. It's a really good marriage passage. It's actually the passage of full counsel. But this verse right here, I think, has more in one verse uh, than, than any other when it comes to telling husbands, uh, this is maybe where you should be focused on. First, or first Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Now again, I'll have something for the husbands, something for the wives, and something for the singles, and then I got something for all of us to finish up here, uh, because, uh, well, because I do. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Here's what your next point is. Husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. That's what the fourth point is husbands dwell with them according to knowledge. And we'll look at what that means. So let's just read this verse. First Peter chapter three and verse seven. Again, this is a passage on marriage. It's already talked about uh, things that the wives could do and the things that the husbands could do. But it, we get to verse seven. It says, likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together in the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now you read that and you're like, OK, I get it. Right. Uh, I'm supposed to, to, to live with them. I'm supposed to kind of know some things about them according to knowledge. Right. Uh, we're supposed to do things together, heirs together. Right. And so all this. Yeah. Good. Check mark. Move on. Right. What do you got to say about that? this verse has so much in it and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I just want to pull out a few points, uh, guys, because there's more here than what you really understand. It says uh, dwell with them. According to knowledge. So basically what you need to do, guys, now, again, this is something you need to ask yourself, what does that look like in my life? Uh, but what you need to do is you need to learn your wife. Don't grab a marriage book and learn about women in general, because uh, let me just tell you, they're all different. Um, it's, it's completely different. Uh, not any two ladies are exactly the same, uh, in all areas. So, uh, don't grab a book and try to read it. Don't try to, uh, you need to learn your wife. Uh, you need to learn what makes her go and not only in certain areas. You need to learn, uh, what allows her to thrive. You need to learn how to, uh, to allow your marriage to grow. And it's only going to happen because you took time to actually learn her. Not, oh, this is what most ladies like. Not, oh, this is what the Bible says you should like. What is your wife like? And some, something I, I've, I've noticed, but you know, I kind of started really meditating on this thing. You're supposed to learn your wife. It says, what does it say? It says, um, dwell with them according to knowledge. So dwell with them. Okay. You're living with them. How are you going to do that? You're learning them according to knowledge. So what does that mean? Based on the things that you've already learned of her, Learn how to dwell with her, right? When you learned math, they didn't take you straight to algebra and say, what does X equal? And I still can't figure out why they use the alphabet and numbers together. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but I do know what one plus one equals. And I do know uh, basic multiplication, right? You pull out your calculator, you punch it in, and it tells you, right? I do know the basics, okay? But... <laughs> I might be a little smarter than I let on, but not much. So I, I, I do try to dumb myself up sometimes, but I really am not the smartest guy in the room, I promise. Uh, it, you, you didn't run straight to algebra, right? You didn't run straight to, okay, this is what you need to know. It was based on the things that you already learned 
from past experiences, from past classes, from past uh, things that you had been a part of, that you continue to build upon that and grow the knowledge that you have, right? You didn't know everything about your wife when you married her, right? You just didn't. You may have thought you did, uh, but based on the things that you've been through, some of the heated discussions, we don't call them arguments, but some of the heated discussions that you maybe have had, some of the uh, hard things that you've went through, you've learned to dwell with her because of the things and the experiences that you have learned already. Knowledge is simply something that you know, right? Well, you know it because you either spent time learning it or you went through it. So you want to know how to dwell with your wife, to learn your wife, to actually know what to do in certain situations, you build upon what you've already learned. It's not like, so husbands, here's what happens with us. We think this should work and we try it. And sometimes it does work, but a lot of times it doesn't. And we're like, okay, well, I'll just try the same thing again tomorrow. Maybe it'll work then. You're not dwelling with them according to knowledge. You're not learning from past experiences. She said, hey, I don't like that. I don't like when you do that. I don't like the way you act like that. I don't like the way that that makes uh, us together be portrayed. Like, you need to learn from past experiences. You need to learn that, hey, just because you think in your head this should be the perfect fill-in-the-blank, it's not for her. And just because the book that you read on the back cover because you didn't actually open it, it said this was going to work. Hey, it doesn't for her. So what are you doing? How are you learning about what's going to work for her? You, are you, how are you dwelling with them according to knowledge? I'll give you one example. Now, I don't try to use my marriage as a, as a specific example very often uh, because it's, it's personal. But I'll give you one example because I don't feel like this is something that's super hidden uh, about Paige and I's life. But uh, she's already giving me like the side eye. Um, we are not super timely people. <laughs> we're just, we're just not. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I just, I honestly don't. I, I, at one point in my life would blame my wife completely for that, but it's just, it's us and we're not super timely with a lot of things we do. And when it comes to work, I'm on time. I just am. It's just the way I do it, but it has nothing to do with, well, it's because it's just you, Jason, and not your wife. It's not. When we do things together, we're just not super timely people. And there was a time in my life, like when we got married and, and several years after that, it would just drive me crazy. Like we have to be there. And even now, when I get in my flesh, it just drives me crazy. I'm like, we were supposed to be there. We had to leave however long ago. And it used to really just, but what good did it do me to be mad and irritated about something that's like, it's just, this is just who we are. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't take steps to not be that way. I'm not saying that you can't grow out of anything in life, but I'm just, this is who we are. So the point being, here's how I've, at times, when I'm walking in the spirit, have learned to dwell with my wife according to knowledge. I know that on Sunday mornings, getting to church at 9 o'clock is probably not going to happen, right? It's just it's just not. Um, and so what we do is, uh, man, if we can be out the door by 9 o'clock, we're going to be there. But I've learned that, hey, does it do any good for me to sit, like, in the in the bathroom, lean against the sink, you know, tapping my foot, like, hey, how's, how's it going over there? We're about ready to go. It doesn't do any good for me to kick back in the rocking chair in our room and just be like, hey, scrolling through my phone. How much longer? That doesn't really help. It doesn't. I've learned that. And so to continually do that. Yeah, (laughs) I have learned. And so I have learned. And again, I'm not trying to puff myself up because for every right thing I do, there's 10 of them that are wrong. But I'm giving you an example of what it means to. So I've learned that, hey, what is something that I can do? Uh, my wife is, we're probably going to be running a little bit late. Uh, I can make sure 
that she has her water cup that she's always going to want, that she's got her coffee cup, that she's got her to-go coffee cup. Yep, that's three cups that we're walking out the door with. (laughs) I've just learned that's who she is. Her Bible, her notebook, her planner, right? Her purse, uh, all of those things. What can I do? I can make sure that all of those things are in the car. That way, when she's ready to go, she's like, hey, can you get my... Yeah, I got it. Let's go. Hey, what about... Yeah, I got it. Let's go. I've learned to dwell with her according to knowledge. Does it still drive me crazy? Absolutely, right? But does it mean anything? I've learned... Now, this is a pretty, you know, in jest, but I'm telling you, like, this was, there was a time in our life that this was a point of contrary. Like, we were always at each other. Learn how to, whatever it is, according to knowledge, dwell with your wife. That's one area of, you know, like one billion in a marriage that you can learn to do the right thing. Okay? And so just, that's kind of what I'm talking about. According to the things that you have learned, continue to learn your wife. Okay, it goes on to say that you're going to be giving honor unto her. As unto the weaker vessel. And this gets offensive to women. They're like, I'm not weaker or I'm not weak. And guys, it says weaker, meaning that you're weak too. She might be a little bit weaker, uh, but you're also very weak. Uh, just ask me and I'll tell you uh, that we're all weak in certain areas. You're supposed to give honor unto her as unto the weaker vessel. Meaning, what is a vessel? There's a couple things a vessel could be, right? But when you think about a vessel, if you're in the Navy, a vessel is a ship, right? Uh, a vessel is a ship. Now, uh, in the military. Now, I don't know much about the military other than I was never interested in going into it. Praise the Lord for everybody who was. I respect you. It was not for me. Um, it, there's there's like battleships. There's all these kinds of ships, the submarines, all these different things. And they make these things like we're talking strong, right? Does that mean that the other boats don't float, right? Think about the other things in the ocean, right? There's these cargo vessels that carry thousands of like these massive containers at one time. They're probably weaker than a battleship. But if you want to know the truth, I think they're getting more done. You picking up when I'm laying down? Now, ladies, I'm not saying you're as big as a cargo ship. That's not what I'm getting. But I'm saying that, that you do carry a large load, right? You might not be super strong. I'm just saying what somebody thought. Like That's not what I'm getting at. Uh, anyway, you might not be the strongest the vessel in the ocean, but I'm telling you, you're probably getting more done. You are the weaker vessel, but it means you're not the weakest vessel. And guys, you are as well. So make sure you understand that like you are important. You are. And so guys, that is your job to you're giving honor unto her. You're not saying, oh my gosh, why can't you do that? Oh, why aren't you doing this? You're giving honor unto her because God created her in such a way that she is precious and fragile at times. And that's okay. Right? Are you giving honor unto her in those ways? There are certain times in your life when you're very glad that she's different than you are. Give honor unto her in all areas the same way that you would in the differences that you have in, in her. Make sure you're giving honor unto her the weaker vessel. There's a lot of things I'd rather say or could say. Not rather, but could say, but I'm not. Uh, my favorite part of this entire verse is this part right here. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, these husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together in the grace of life. You have to see your wife as equal to you. You need to see your wife as someone who is your equal. Maybe she doesn't get out of the house and go to work every day. Maybe she does. Uh, Maybe she doesn't make the amount of money that you do. Maybe she makes more. Maybe she doesn't. You fill in the blank. 
she is equal to you. And let me tell you something spiritually. When God looks at your marriage, He doesn't see her in you. Because if you go back, multiple times in the Word, it says, cleave unto your wife. Right? You're supposed to leave and cleave. He sees you as one. When He looks down and He sees Philip, He doesn't see Philip and Meredith. He sees the Pew family. Right? He doesn't look at your marriage. I'm just using an example. He looks at you as one. You are heirs together. Now, when you stand at the judgment seat of Christ, you're going to be there together. Now, there might be some individual things going on, but I firmly believe that you will be there together. You are one flesh at this point. Right? You are together at this point. And so, when you, you are, everything that you do, you are together in what God is doing in your life. You are heirs together. You minister together. You work together. You do all of the things together. You have to be heirs together. Man, too often husbands are like, yeah, this is what I do and this is what she does. And like, maybe you go to different jobs during the day. But I'm, you have to see her as not only as important, but probably more important than you are. Because I think we've all been there, guys. It, if there's ever a, a time in your marriage where it seems like things are on the rocks, you might be the best employee, the best father, the best whatever. It seems like you're less of all of those things when things in your marriage aren't going well because it's just like a part of you, a huge part of you is just like gone or broken. You know, you can't go out and play football with a broken foot. Why? Because part of you isn't working or whatever it is that you like to do. You can't do that when part of you is broken. So if your marriage isn't being heirs together, then the rest of what you think you can do well, you're not doing it as well, right? I'm just saying, make sure you understand that. You are heirs together in the grace of life. And then the last part, and I think Paul throws this in there, or Peter throws this in there, just because some guys are really hard-headed and they don't get it, and I need to get through this. It says, uh, being heirs together in, in the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Peter's like, hey, just in case you didn't understand the importance of what I'm saying, if you're not doing these things, I'm not hearing what you have to say. Your prayers is like bouncing off the ceiling right now. Oh, God, can you bless my life? And God's like, oh... Son, could you take care of the wife that I've given you? Right? And it's just like, your prayers are being hindered by not doing these things. That's what it says. That you're, and now, There's a lot I could say about that, but i got to keep going. Your prayers, your spiritual walk will be hindered if you're not doing these things. Okay, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, flip over there. Wives, we're going to get done just because... I always have more to say to the husbands than anybody else. So, wives, it says uh, in Ephesians five, chapter uh, thirty, or Ephesians chapter five, verse thirty-three. Ephesians chapter five and verse thirty-three. We've went through this entire passage on being a wife, being a husband, being married. Verse thirty-three. It says, nevertheless. So let me sum up everything we've said into one verse. Let every one of you, in particular, so love his wife even as himself. So, ladies, that's not talking to you. That's talking to husbands and the wife. See that she reverence her husband. The fifth point is wives reverence your husband. Again, pretty basic stuff. Like, I could have read that, Jason. Okay, I understand that we all know what the Bible says, and I also understand by looking at the majority of marriages and the majority of things, especially in the world, but even in the church, y'all don't get this. And I'm not talking to the ladies, I'm talking to the husbands and the ladies, okay? We don't get the basics because we're selfish. Husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Wives, reverence your husband. What does that mean? When you hear the word reverence, what do you think? Respect. respect. That's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind as well. You respect him. 
well, he's not worthy of respect. I, he's probably not. You're exactly right. Like, I, I agree with you. I know him. He's not probably worth respect. But here's what I do know. The Bible says, if you back up to uh, earlier in the chapter, it says in verse 22, why submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord? The same way that you would submit yourself unto the Lord, you're going to submit yourself unto your husband. The same way that you respect the Lord and everything that he does, because everything he does is right, you're going to respect your husband in that way. Does that mean that everything your husband does is right? Absolutely not. Again, I know him, Right? Because I know all of you, and I know we all have shortcomings in different areas. But your job is to simply respect him, to hold him in high regard, even when the world doesn't, even when he probably doesn't deserve it. It is your job to help build his confidence, even when he feels like a failure. That is what reverencing your husband is about. I'm not talking about bowing down to him like some people are going to teach you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about linking arms with him and showing your support for him, even... When he might not deserve it. Because when he doesn't deserve it is when he needs it the most. Right? Uh, You're going to hold him in high regard. You're going to support him. You're going to be there for him. Because if you're not, man, he's hopeless. He's helpless. I'm just, I'm speaking as a husband here. If you don't do these things, he's just, he's lost. And then so that comes out in different ways with your husband. Sometimes it'll come out in anger. Sometimes it'll come out in seclusion. Sometimes it'll come out in a lot of different ways, depending on who it is that you married. I'm just telling you, it boils back to he doesn't feel reverenced. He probably doesn't deserve it. I get it. But let me just tell you a secret, ladies, because I understand most of the time your husband doesn't deserve it. Most of the time I don't deserve it. But let me tell you something. Um, and guys, you can either agree or disagree, but you're lying if you don't agree to this. Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Um, ladies, sometimes you think, and I think you think this because I've seen you do this. Now, maybe you don't think this, and maybe you're trying to trick me. I don't know, but I've seen this happen. And you think that uh, you're going to teach your husband something by uh, showing him, Right? He doesn't deserve that, so I'm not going to do that. He doesn't, uh, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. He's lousy, so I'm frustrated, and I'm not really wanting to do what the Bible says to do. I want him to understand that I'm frustrated, and rightly so. Let me just tell you a secret. Your husband, he won't learn from that. He won't grow from that. Uh, he's probably going to be, become more stubborn because of that. If you want to know the quickest way to bring your husband to his knees, and I don't mean to see that he's less than what he thinks he is, but I mean to bring him to bring him to his knees and back to where he needs to be to this book, is you reverence him when he doesn't deserve it. When he is being a total, you fill in the blank of the words you would like to use. I'm not going to use certain words because we're in church. When he's being that, and you in turn reverence him the way the Bible says to reverence him, he will very quickly realize, I'm a clown. I am just a total, you fill in the blank. And it may take a minute, but it'll bring him back to here. 
if he's if he's really following God, he will bring him back to here. And that's where you want, because he's never going to grow by you saying, you need to do this, this, and this. He's going to grow by getting back to here and saying, oh, I need to dwell with her according to knowledge. I need to give honor unto her. Like, it starts through those things. Yes, there might be specific things that he needs to do, but it's going to start by doing that. You want the quickest way to bring your husband back to just complete humility is give him honor when he doesn't deserve it. Give him reverence when he doesn't deserve it. Respect him when he doesn't deserve it. Now, you might say, well, I've tried that and it didn't work. Did you try for more than like three hours? Did you try for more than like three days? Did you try for more than like three weeks? Because sometimes your husband, his skull is really thick. I'm just telling you. God looks at you when you do that and he says, well done, daughter. Right? Your husband will answer for those things if he continues to be hard-headed. You're given a command. Uh, that's, the, that's the easiest way that I can just put it. That, that's the command that he gives you. Um, give honor and just reverence him. Support him. Link arms with him. Okay, singles. Uh, point number six. Singles. This is what the Bible says. This isn't what I say. Unless you're my daughter and this is what I say. Staying single is beneficial. Singles. Staying single is beneficial. First Corinthians chapter 7. Flip over there. I'm going to move quickly. There's a lot that the Bible has to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. This is Paul talking uh, about marriage. There's a lot of things for husbands and wives in here, but I'm going to pick out a couple things that he says about being single, okay? Because there's a lot here. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 2. Let's start there. It says, Nevertheless, to avoid fornication. So it's, it's verse 1 says, Concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is not good for a man to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, that would mean that you're, these, we're talking about unmarried people because uh, fornication in a marriage relationship would be adultery. Anything that is considered fornication uh, to a lost person is considered adultery in a marriage relationship. Too often people conf- confuse that adultery is only sleeping with another uh, person outside of marriage. It's any sexual sin uh, in the confines of a marriage. That is adultery. So okay, he's talking about fornication here, so we're talking about single people. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Okay, so let's just say from the very beginning, if you can't control yourself, get married. Okay. I understand the point was staying single is beneficial, but if you cannot contain yourself, control yourself, whatever, it, Paul says right here, if, if it's going to keep you from fornicating, get married. Okay, but let's move on to see what else he says. Uh, chapter 7 and verse 7 to 9. But I would that all men were as, uh, as I myself. Okay, so at this point in Paul's life, he's single. Um, I would say at this point in his life, he's probably widowed, actually, because uh, he was married at one point in his life, just judging by some of the things that he was. We can get into that debate conversation later. But at this point in his life, uh, he is single. So he says that they would be even as myself. But every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this man or another after that. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I it's better off for you to stay single. We'll get to why in a minute. But if they cannot contain, again, if fornication is going to creep into your life, let them marry, for it is better for them to marry than to burn. <laughs> it's going to be better for you to struggle with the marriage relationship. Any married person in here can tell you it's a struggle at times. Uh, it's better for you to, to struggle with that than it is to burn. Okay? Okay, what else does he have to say? Let's fast forward. Go to verse 25. Again, he's sprinkling a lot of things in here to marry people, to unmarry people, to all these different things. But let's pick up here. Verse 25. Uh, First Corinthians chapter chapter seven and verse twenty five says now concerning virgins, okay, uh, single women, uh, I have no commandment. That's what we're talking about here when he says virgins uh, of the Lord, meaning uh, God. This isn't direct 
knowledge from God, yet I give my judgment, meaning uh, I am an apostle and this is what I feel like the word has taught me. Uh, yet I give my judgment as one that have attained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that it is good for the present distress, meaning the world that they live in. Uh, I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bowed to a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not uh, not a wife. But if thou marry... Thou hast not sinned, and if a virgin marries, she hath not sinned. Again, it's not like sinful. And Paul's not saying, hey, if you get married, you're, you're going against what I told you. He's just saying it's going to be easier for you in life if you would have stayed single. But if you didn't, that's okay. It's not like you're in sin. If a, mar- a virgin marries, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such uh, shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. What he's saying is you've brought in a whole new can of worms with this marriage. But I'm going to spare you the details of what that is because there's a whole lot of topics in here about what a marriage relationship should look like. But if you decide that's what you need, okay, I spare you. Verse 29. But this I say, brethren, the time is short, uh, it remaineth, that both they which have wives be as though they had none. Um, I think that's this. No, I'm going to keep going. Uh, and they uh, that use this world be not uh, abusing it for the fashion of the world passed away. But I would have you without... Uh, Carefulness, he that is unmarried, careful, care for the things belonging to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married, care for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Okay, and then it basically means the same thing. What he's basically, boil it all down because I'm out of time. What he's trying to say is, um, when you're married, one of the most important things in your life is how you can keep your marriage relationship thriving. Well, if you don't have that commitment... It's a whole lot easier to think of the things of the Lord all the time, all the time, all the time. It's just one more ball to juggle in the air. So what he's saying is it's easier and it's more beneficial for the kingdom of God if you stay single. But if you don't, that's okay. But what he's saying is if you're single, maybe really consider the benefits of being single and the freedom that you have to be sent as a missionary, to be used over here, to be because you're not tied down. If that makes sense. I really hope I didn't offend you, Candice. You're just like getting up and leaving. I know. I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Saying single is beneficial. And the last point, and we'll be done, and there's really nothing that you need to hear about this other than to hear it. This is to everyone. When we're talking about point to bring clarity to one of the world's most confusing topics, this is to everybody. Focus on you and your growth and trust the Lord to grow everybody else. Focus on you and your growth and trust the Lord to grow everybody else. Here's what I mean by that. Wives, we're always trying to fix our husbands. I say that like I'm a wife. You're always trying to fix and change your husbands. Husbands, you're always trying to get your wife to do something uh, different, to uh, always get her to be more like you want her to be. Married people, we're always trying to give advice to the single people. Man, if you just do it like this, you'd be better off. Single people, you're looking at the married people being like, get off my back. And you're like, if you, if your marriage was any good, I'd look at that. And we're always, we're experts on everybody else's life, including our spouse. We're an expert on if you would just do this, your life would be easier. It would be better. We look at the singles and we say, do this. We look at the other married people, we say, do that. Um, let me just tell you, if you personally would just focus on you and your growth and just trust God to grow the other people, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your sibling, whether it's the single people down the road, whether it's whatever it is. A lot of times, uh, if people don't ask for advice, they really didn't want it. Let me just say that. Too often people are like, hey, if you want my advice, I didn't. If I wanted it, I would have asked. Um, Focus on what God has called you to do and allow the Lord 
to grow everybody else. Right? It kind of goes back to the old, uh, why don't you focus on the, uh, the log that's in your eye before you worry about the little speck that's in mine. Um, don't be a hypocrite. Focus on what God has called you to do. Because I'd say that if you went around the room and you went around anybody who listened to this, uh, they're probably not quite living up to what God told them to do. So it's really hard to be like, hey, you need to do this in your marriage or your life when you're not doing it yourself. Marriage counseling is one of the hardest things for me to do because it's like, I'm still growing in that area and you're coming to me for advice. Like, it's, it's hard. If they didn't ask, zip it. They don't want to know. Okay? Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for loving us. I really do thank you for um, just the basics of your word. And uh, Lord, I do pray for everybody who's heard this that they would really evaluate in their own life, what does this mean for me? Yes, I understand I'm supposed to dwell with my wife according to knowledge. I understand I'm supposed to reverence my husband. I understand that, you know, all of these things. But what does that mean personally in my life? What do I need to do to make that happen? Where do I need to grow uh, what can I do better to be more like you? And so that's the things that I really want uh, people to meditate on as we, you know, kind of walk out of here and um, into this coming week and the things that are coming up in our lives. And so, Lord, I do just pray you continue to uh, give us wisdom, use us as lights in a dark world, uh, that you would just get the honor and the glory from our lives. That uh, I pray you just uh, preach through Pastor Brian this morning as he's uh, preaching, that you'd get the uh, the glory for that. I pray for those who uh, are, are hearing it, that they would just be focused on what you have for them, Lord, and that you would just get uh, the glory from our lives. Thank you for everything you've done in uh, the past week that you just continue to uh, just uh, pour out your blessings on our lives. In Christ's name, amen. All right. Don't forget to